And welcome back to Fully Equipped. Jonathan Wall here, joined as always by my guys, Andrew Tursky, Chris McCormick. Hey guys, it's Ryder Cup week. We're, am I not going to get like a like a hell yeah or like any sort of cheering? I'm nervous. It's Ryder Cup I, week. I'm Come an American. On. I was going to say, I, I don't know if I could get fired up with, uh, with us <laughs> just getting throttled all the time. It's been rough out here, man. <clears throat> that, that's so un-American. I, I expect more from both of you. It's hey, it, we it got, is. It's we got truly Brooks disappointing. And the Bryce and drama that we got to worry about. There's so much going on. Yeah, we're taking shots from everywhere. It's over, but that's overblown. It's all about the pip coin. They're just doing it to uh, to get in social media. Seriously, I, I don't. Coin? Yep. Are people calling it pip coin? Uh, I mean, I am. That's solid. I like it. That's our ne- that's our next shirt. Pip coin. Pip coin. <laughs> That could be flipped around all kinds of ways. It's it's all you know, just just like just like Bitcoin. I feel like it's all manipulated behind the scenes. <clears throat> Pipcoin is definitely manipulated. I I don't think any of that's real, but you know that's we've talked about that before. It's I think it's totally overblown. It's just well, for I don't think media. Uh, WWE I don't think, style. I don't think Bryson and Brooks having a conversation on the range is necessarily real either. I think they were like, no, hey, it's all, it's all your, for the cameras. Pull your phones out, guys. It's all, yeah. it's all for the cameras. It's all yep. for the cameras. And then Bryson hinted that there could be something bigger coming. Are they going to go like mono mono in a match or something? I can't imagine they're going to be doing anything this week, but maybe they have something going down in the future. They better Probably be paired together. Yes. Like, give us one. That's all we need. Just That's one need. round of them just paired one. together. And Twitter's going to shut down for the day. It's just going to break. <laughs> break the internet. Yeah. It's just done. Broke. Yeah. <laughs> so what what do we think? Where where does the Ryder Cup rank if you were to like throw it in there with with the majors? Is it better than all the majors? Do you get more excited for the Ryder Cup than say the Masters? I mean, no offense no. to the PGA championship, but probably probably more entertaining than the PGA. So probably higher less, than the PGA. Probably less what than about, the other three. What about okay, so so lower lower than the open, lower than the Masters, lower than the US Open. Okay. What about depending you, on depending on where the open championship venue is, because I think some of them are kind of duds to me, and I won't okay. go through that list right now. We'll Let's save say that. we want to we'll get into that list. Takes yeah. for another day. Save, save that. Save those hot takes, Chris. What about you? I would I would definitely put Masters as number one, U.S. Open number two, and then Ryder Cup would probably fall into that that third spot for me. Yeah. What if the Open's at St. Andrews though? That's a different ball game. That's Insane. that's just uh, yeah. If it's if it's St Andrews, then Ryder Cup's going to get bumped. I'll put it number two behind the Masters. Yeah, it's better than the U.S. Open. Like literally the U.S. Open. Than, Talk about un-American. <clears throat> yeah, who's who's it's, it's team? It's Team USA against Europe. How how can that be un-American? It's called the Ryder I'm, Cup. The U.S. Open's literally called the United States <laughs> Open. <laughs> I still, I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag. I will die on this hill. It's number two on my list. Fair enough. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, put it over the Masters. I love the Ryder Cup. It's, it's usually total chaos. I, I think it's even better when there's a lot of like team turmoil, which it feels like this U.S. team. I mean, it wasn't a huge deal, but like I guess Stricker showed up on site and was, and they were asking him if he knew where Brooks was, and he's like, well, I think he's here. I heard he was here. Hadn't seen him. <laughs> You know, Brooks That's is talking great. about like there was all this talk about is Brooks going to play the Ryder Cup, and there was you know Azinger with hot takes about you know 
if he if he's not gonna if he's not gonna you know be up for his country, then like get out. <clears throat> Let's get somebody else in there that wants to play. So it's it's already I'm already like I'm like Birdman in that in that gif where he's just with his hands back together, back and forth. Like that's me, man. I I, I am so, I'm so excited. It's People gonna are not be gonna great. understand that reference at all. I do. <laughs> I've 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 posted that one so many times. I, I mean. I'm sorry if you don't get it. Type in Birdman, and it's uh, in, in, so in like Twitter, and and I think you're gonna see which one I'm talking about. But when he's rubbing his question. hands together, he's he's ready. He's ready to go, and so am I. So quick question. Let's get it on. How yeah. hard how hard does Brooks get booed on the first tee? Like, what's the reception like from the fans? Oh, he's not gonna get booed. You don't think? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. No, I don't think I don't he's think gonna he's get booed. No way. That no there's. Way. I feel like there is definitely a lot more drama this year than there have been in years past. There's there's all these little subtexts and all these little side stories and influences going on with different players and like I said it's uh it's hard to get fired up for it with the uh the thumping that we have received uh historically here so I'm I'm anxious for it. I'm looking forward to to being able to watch a little bit of golf, but at the same time, I also know that the majority of my weekend is going to be spent in airports and behind the wheel of a truck. Oh, that's we, unfortunate. I'm going to be glued we talk, to the TV. Can we talk about the fact that the European team showed up with Packers gear on and cheese heads? I can't I like tell. It. I can't tell if that's like peak level <clears throat> pandering or if that's like troll level times a hundred. I think they're talking noise. Yeah, I see. I can't. I can't tell. Are they like trying to make like? Are they trying to make friendly with the with the Wisconsin crowd, or is that just like totally trolling them? Wearing the with Ian Poulter in the mix, I'm I'm going on the trolling side. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. I'm I'm going trolling. trolling. Yeah, yeah. And it's a strong troll. I respect it a lot. It is it's because because it's in that gray area. It's in that gray area. You don't really know if it's a troll or if it's pandering. That's what I'm saying. It's. It's pretty impressive. I, I got to give uh, Harrington and crew some respect for that one. Unfortunately, they do have a very likable team. I'm not saying that I like them. I'm just saying I understand why people may like them. I think the U.S. team is pretty likable this year. I, I like the fact that Stricker brought in a bunch of new blood. It's got a lot, a lot of rookies. I, I think this year's team's actually got a pretty good chance to to take it back. I, I just – I don't know. It's It's one of those teams where – you don't have a lot of vets, and I feel like those vets kind of get a little crusty sometimes. I I do I do like the fact that he went young. <laughs> Say crusty, I, crusty. I don't disagree yeah. with that. But speaking there's, of vets, we crusty old about vets. This. We we talked about vets kind of off the camera. Vet that's not there. That's a little bitter. Kevin Na. Yep. We we had kind of talked about that a little bit in the in the pre pro yesterday. So you guys said should have been there, right? I just think he's such a gamer. Like he's a guy that you want on your squad, especially during match play. Like he's so gritty, you know. And I feel yeah. like Team USA kind of needs that because you're. But I was. I mean, all the Europeans are like that. You you definitely you and he actually would be pretty good for gamesmanship. I would think. Yeah. You think about like Sevi back in the day. I mean, he was like the ultimate gamesman. Uh, you yeah. know, he was doing stuff. I, I I just wrote a story talking about kind of the golf ball situation for, for the foursomes format, the Ryder Cup, and was doing a little bit of history. It went back to 91, War by the Shore, where he was in that, he was in a foursomes match 
against Paul Azinger and Chip Beck and Seve and Jose Maria Fabel, they noticed on the seventh hole on the tee that Azinger and Beck were switching out the balls based on compression for the wind. So they had 190 compression balls. So they notice it. Nothing happens until they get to the turn. Azinger and Beck are three up. Uh, the European Ryder Cup captain, Bernard Gallagher, comes up to one of the officials and is like, hey, well, like, what the hell's going on? Of course, the players get to the tee. It starts to get a little heated. Uh, it, it's like one of those where like that's that's kind of like Seve. So what does Seve do? you know, chip back at the end, the, the Americans end up losing. And Beck said that, that Seve was just constantly coughing the whole time <coughs> on the back nine. And he said it was totally messing with him. And, you know, of course, Seve's like the, the Americans were, were 11 nice guys and Paul Azinger. It was like just such a great quote. Um, but I, I agree. Like you need, you kind of need that guy. That's like a grinder, but you know, maybe does things a little bit unconventional to like throw the other guy off. I I agree. You you definitely need that guy on your team. I feel like Berger might be like that though. He mm, kind of strikes me as a guy point. who like he might swim in the other guy's heads. I'm not sure. He might just throw like little that. jabs here and there. He's not like a super outspoken kid, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like Berger. Well, can like we said, a bunch bunch of rookies. We're gonna we're gonna see what they do. See how they handle themselves. Okay. Well, who who's winning? Put your, put your money where your mouth is. Who, who are you taking? Americans. After all that, Chris. I'll go with Americans blindly. Chris, whatever. Uh, after after I, after I after I shamed you into taking them. I'm patriotic. All right. Whatever. I was gonna say I would like to say that. Unfortunately, I I'm going Europe. Wow. 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 But, but I. I will say that with my track record of very, very poor results with sports betting, I'm going to pick Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's Just basically saying. like saying you Here think you that the Americans are going to win by picking Europe. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, no, no, I like no, it. No. I like it. You don't, you don't want to moose yourself. I get it. The reverse that's fade. It's a, a good one. Yeah. The reverse moose. I'll, I'll take the U.S. and I'll even go – beyond just taking the U.S. and say uh, Tony Finau, winning point. It's going to be close. Wow. Winning point. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that far in advance. I don't know who's no, going to actually I, have the winning point. Yeah, that one wasn't just, even I'm on just, my radar just, yet. I, I want to I be on record. So when Tony Finau gets the winning point, we can talk about it next week. I'll say Cantlay. Okay. Silence all the player of the year haters. Can't on the winning which point. I do yeah. personally. I do think uh, John Rom should have won Player of the Year. I know this is a side. This is a side yeah, argument. He's going to be going scorched earth this week. I think Rom's going to have a great week. I think. I think he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. I say just I put agree. our not good for the US team. Put our worst players against no. Rom because there's no point. We're just wasting our time. <laughs> he is going to wax this week. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's going to be on the warp. He's going to be on the war path for sure. Yeah. All right. So we got our picks in. Before we get into the topic, we have a title sponsor for the podcast. Let's go. It's a great one, too. It, it is. So it, any, look, any, title, any title sponsor is great for this podcast, but I can't think of a more appropriate one than Arnold Palmer Spiked. I mean, I mean we're seri- all Arnold Palmer Spiked. We are, we are all in. On, look, okay, look. So here's the deal. Anywhere I go when, I, when I'm getting a drink, I'm always getting an Arnold Palmer. Anywhere. 
it's it's my go-to drink of choice. And so now you're telling me that I can have an Arnold Palmer, but it's it's spiked. So if I'm out on the golf course and I'm playing poorly, I can just pop open one of these guys. They come in a 24-ounce can if you want one. I know, tall boys. Makes tall me boys so happy. Makes me so happy. They fit perfect in um, golf cart cup holders too. Oh, yeah. It's almost no, like by design. They definitely do. Yeah, Almost. <laughs> but it's it's like it's it's like you're like what you would think of if you wanted like an Arnold Palmer spiked. It's real juice, brewed teas, five percent alcohol by volume. So it's yep. like not it's not super it's not super strong, but it's it's nice enough where you can like enjoy one if you're playing golf or just like hanging out after working on the yard. Like oh, it'll get truly. you going. Yeah, five percent's enough. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely gonna need to get a uh a case of these i need somebody over there at arnold palmer to to hook us up when you guys play golf are you like uh let's get arnold palmer spiked on the first tee and let's get the music going type guys yes yes okay i used to not be i i totally was that guy where i was like <laughs> if i was locked in after the first few holes i'm like i'm not drinking i'm not gonna do it now i i'm totally opening up arnold palmer spiked first tee before the before the first balls in the air I, i'm getting my first one yeah i might be uh i might be at the bar getting an arnold palmer spiked like instead of going to the range like that's kind of where i'm at in my golf career right now that's that's the warm-up routine yeah yeah like we're out there that's for it. entertainment purposes and having some fun yeah so every, every to- coach that listens to this podcast is going, that's the dynamic warm up I'm now <laughs> that's- going with for my students. Dynamic <laughs> warm up. That's exactly right. Oh, that's the perfect tagline for it. What was what was our uh, what was our, our, our little catchphrase yesterday for the uh, for the Arnold Palmer spike? Um, the the low round elixir. Low round elixir. I actually really like dynamic warm up. I do love I, that. I think that's a dynamic warm up. I think, I think that's a <laughs> that's a shirt idea right there. We get like a Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer spiked can on top. Dynamic warm up right below. I, love I would it. just hyphen it together. Just put it all together. <laughs> the dynamic warm up, low warm round, round elixir. elixir. Done. I absolutely Done. love there it. There it is. All right. Well, so in addition to the 24-ounce tall cans, they also come in multi-packs. <clears throat> you can find them on Drizzly or Instacart. Um, and if you want to learn more about Arnold Palmer Spiked, be sure to check them out. They're at arnoldpalmerspiked.com backslash fully equipped. We got our own website. We got our own website. So be sure to check them out. 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage and natural flavor. As always, celebrate responsibly i feel like that was more of a segment that we wanted to do instead of like an ad read i don't think that that's a thing like if if it's gonna if it's gonna be something we love i'm i'm not gonna do an ad read i'm just gonna gonna talk yeah. it up i i love arnold palmer spike so glad they're a title sponsor with us thank you for doing that we uh we at fully equipped are proud to be partnering with arnold palmer spiked team arnie that's, what I'm saying. that's right team arnie all right, with that, it's a, a very appropriate sponsor. It is very appropriate. Let's get let's get to this week's topics. We got uh, we got a couple of fun ones as usual. Want to start off with Tursky's recent trip out to Napa. You know, one of the things that that I love when we go out on tour is 
you you see things that you've seen before, but maybe you haven't looked at them the way that that you have on a recent trip. And and the reason why I say that is Scott Piercy's irons, Tursky. Yes, we've we've seen them before. <laughs> we've seen the woods. They're covered in lead tape, but you did something different this time. You went through the bag and you took photos. And I think this is this is kind of cool because we're not just going to be like gushing over the fact that that Piercy has lead tape all over his clubs, but like there's a purpose. You talk to JJ at Titleist, there's a purpose kind of behind the locations and what he's trying to do here. Yeah, so we all know that lead tape looks really cool on irons and drivers and wedges and putters. I think it just aesthetically, it looks cool. But for the most part, I don't know if we all know exactly where to place it. So I got to hold Piercy's clubs, get photos of them, go through. And I asked him, he does put lead tape on the clubs himself. He's got his own little workshop at his house. He does it himself. Um, so he said he aims for D4 swing weight through the bag. Now, Chris, you're looking at the photos of the clubs, right? Mm -hmm. How much lead tape would you say is on the irons in terms of weight? How much weight do you think he's adding? Oh, let me get over to the iron here. It's, I mean, that's, that's an aggressive tape job. I mean, he has to be bumping that a couple of swing weight points at least as he plays Yeah, I would guess that he's probably looking at at least two points, maybe three or more worth of tape on the heads of the irons alone. How much? How much? Looking tape at some you of your images, bump it up a swing weight point, Chris, to go up one swing well, weight point. How much lead tape? Depending upon the lead tape you're using, I mean, every two grams that we add in the head is going to be bumping it up a swing weight point. So, I mean, you can get the, the dual density, uh, you can get uh, the thick strips or the thin strips. So it just kind of depends on the type of lead tape that you're using, but every two grams that you're adding to that head is, is a swing weight point. And like we talked about, I mean, swing weight is essentially an arbitrary measurement, just allowing the player to feel the club head more through the swing. So, I mean, for Scott, as he's adding this lead tape and trying to get to that D four swing weight, that's the determination that he's made as far as his feel is concerned with where he can feel that club head through the duration of the swing. And I also happen to know that he has midsize golf pride tour velvet <laughs> cord grips and he chops off, uh, I think it's half inch on each iron. So how does that kind of play into placing lead tape on a club and how does that affect swing weight? Now, if he's going under length and for the majority of us out there that are in the kind of club industry, if you're removing a half inch of length, that equates to around that three swing weight points uh, removal from the, the overall feel of that club when you're swinging it. And then you take a half inch off and add a midsize grip. Now you're effectively pulling more swing weight out of the club head. So yeah, he's got, he's got quite a bit of tape on the, uh, on the actual club head itself. If he's getting it back up to a D four, as if there was no tape on there, he would absolutely be down into that C category for swing weight. And where he's placing it on the irons, what is that doing to center of gravity and like swing dynamics? So with where he has it on his particular irons, with it being more of that blade style profile, he's got it 
uh, basically where the meat of the iron is. So he's he's keeping that CG a little bit lower, uh, doesn't have it up over that center line. So he's still keeping the CG a little bit low. Uh, it looks like, at least on the irons, it's kind of just in a, a neutral spot, not really manipulating CG too much. Uh, wedges are a little bit different story. Uh, iron, I would say CG is probably still going to be lowest center. Just from what I can tell in the pictures. Is that going to make them more forgiving? Just like straight up putting more weight into the club head? I mean, not necessarily more forgiving. I mean, if you start putting weight really low and towards the perimeter, towards the toe, towards the heel, uh, that's where you start getting a little bit more forgiveness in the head. I mean, one solid forged piece of steel in this blade type of iron, it's already not forgiving, as we've talked about numerous times before. Yeah. But, I mean, just kind of putting the lead tape all over the back of the, the bottom two-thirds of the iron, not really adding a lot of forgiveness. It is going to help to get that ball airborne a little bit. But as far as missing it on the toe or on the heel, there's still not a lot of forgiveness there for sure. <laughs> 680s are the classics, but not necessarily the most forgiving irons of all time. No, that's uh, that falls in that category of not what I would uh, recommend for too many people out there. Okay, so let's check out this wedge now. <clears throat> First of all, shout out to Piercy for still rocking the SM4s. SM4s, yeah. Yeah, those are great. Say, that's that's a, that's a, I, Would you call it a classic wedge now? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, SM8 is at the end of the life cycle, so we're getting ready to transition. I mean, I, I feel like we have more than doubled the uh, the generation of this SM4 that he's playing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd put that in the, in the classic configuration. So as you look at the 56 degree, he's got the lead tape low on the back of the club. And then as you look at the 60 degree, he's got the lead tape high. So what's that kind of going to do to CG manipulation and performance in general? So CG on the, the SM8 uh, looks like he's just kind of added a little bit more to that already thicker upper portion of the wedge. So he's definitely looking to to pull that CG up so that he can hit those kind of flighted lower knockdown wedge shots with that 60 degree. And scrolling back over to the, the 56, that's kind of in a neutral position, really. I mean, it's a little higher than what we saw in the irons, but it's not to the uh, not to the extreme of what he did to that 60. That 60 looks like it has just layers and layers and layers of lead tape on it. <clears throat> that would be an interesting one to to hit and see what that ball flight's like. So that's going to come out low like and more some, some manipulation too to the to the grind there on the backside. Looks a little yeah. Out, outside of standards, so probably remove, removing of weight. Maybe that's why it's a bit more centralized on that. Mm -hmm. Just to guess. That's what I would kind of assume. It looks like yeah, he's got some some trailing edge relief and some heel relief uh, on that 56, and it's stamped at 57. See, so yeah, it looked like he may have just taken a little bit of bounce off of that trailing edge and down towards the heel. So what is trailing edge relief going to do? I feel like people kind of get confused with, like, why does turf interaction even matter? if you're clipping the ball first, you know what I mean? Well, it kind of depends on how you use your wedge. So, I mean, if you're cambering the club forward or cambering the club back, opening the phase versus hooding it to hit more of a knockdown, you know, how you have your hands in relationship to the leading edge through impact, 
So there's, there's a variety of different shots that you can hit based upon the types of bounces and grinds that you play and also how you release the club into the turf and get through the turf. So if you're somebody that uh, you see a lot of players that are very handsy with their wedges versus somebody that likes to grab the handle and kind of drag it left as they rotate. So those guys that get that leading edge into the turf early versus somebody that's kind of a sweeper picker grinds and bounces are going to vary. So, I mean, it really just depends on style technique and also the type of turf you're playing on, you know, firm and fast ground versus soft and very sandy or rocky even. So I want to get into the driver and the three wood now, because it's pretty interesting. So he's got lead tape on his driver on the heel portion. And then he's got a sure fit setting of C2. Then on the three wood, he's got it on the toe portion with a sure fit setting of D1. Now this could definitely be confusing. Can you try to break down exactly what you think uh, he might be doing here? So let's get into that. We're not going to talk driver. about the, uh, the lead tape residue that's, that's on that head. All over the heel. <laughs> I know. All over it's the heel. It's <laughs> that, great. That's so, yeah, what he... was cool about getting these clubs in hand. You can kind of pick up some of that stuff you know when you look on getty it just looks like uh you know one little piece of tape up there but there's more going on in that head he likes playing looks like he wasn't totally sold on the uh, old lead tape location yeah right because it was it would look like it was way more heel word this one looks a bit more i mean still he, still heel word but but kind of more towards the center on the, oh, with uh, the c2 on setting on there it's it's interesting that He's got it in more of a an upright setting, taking what's C2 going to be 0.75 degrees aloft off of the uh, static loft, and then uh, 0.75 upright from the the standard line on the C2 setting, if I remember correctly. Let me just yeah, just wanted to double check myself there, and then yeah, he had a bunch of lead tape down towards the heel, and he shifted it back a little bit more towards neutral slightly heel bias location there so it looks like he's doing just about everything that he can to still get this what you would characteristically call a fade bias driver to to turn over a little bit for him how does that help with the the lead so tape placement yeah let's say you you have a fade bias driver and then you put lead tape in the heel like who is a player that would benefit from doing something like that i would say most of us would benefit if you're somebody that misses to the right i wouldn't buy a fade bias driver and right. then then just lead tape the heel and hope for the best <laughs> uh but i mean for for scott he probably likes the look at address of that very neutral to open face but still likes to be able to move that ball right to left, which is which is kind of counterintuitive to the design. But if you're able to shift that CG just a little bit more towards the heel with the addition of all that extra weight and help that toe release a little faster, it probably will help him in particular bring the club face back to square, if not turn it over a little easier to hit that right to left draw. But then he has lead tape on the toe of his fairway wood. Right. What's What's going on here? So let me get back to that picture. So we go from TSI 4 to TSI 2. 
a much different design as far as just the engineering in the head. So, and he's got a D1 setting on that, which D1, he, he's at that standard lie angle, but uh, taking that 0.75 off on the loft. And now he has a TSI2 head, which is going to be that more neutral to slightly draw bias design and putting weight out towards the toe. So I would assume uh, looking to prevent a left miss or keep that ball flight relatively stable, adding the, uh, adding the weight out on the toe, because that TSI2 does have a tendency to be a little bit more on the draw bias side relative to uh, the TSI-4 for sure. So in terms of a more general question, there's <clears throat> some mistakes that you see amateurs make with lead tape, like when guys bring sets into you and you're like, what are, what are you thinking here with the lead tape? They probably put it everywhere. <clears throat> I, I, they do. Yeah, they, they, will, uh, they will just pack it everywhere. And it it really kind of comes down to as you start your Q and a and interview process with the, with the client that's coming in with said lead tape everywhere. It's what was the objective? What were you trying to do? What do you see that the club is not doing? And a lot of times they'll specifically in irons, they'll pack a ton of lead weight out towards the toe and then they miss it. Right. And they're not necessarily putting two and two together of, okay, I have, I've now repositioned and, and put discretionary weight in a different part of the golf club from where it was originally designed and change the characteristic of it. So they're trying to fight something that they've inadvertently done and can't figure out why they think that, okay, I'm adding weight to this golf club to get a better feel or to improve that, that swing weight feel. And then at the same time, they're also changing some of the characteristics of how that club's designed to perform. And when you're just packing it out towards the toe, yeah, you're bumping the swing weight. Yes, you can feel the head more, but you're also slowing down the release of that head. You're potentially moving CG placement, depending upon how much weight you're adding to the head. So there's there's quite a few things that you, you'll you see uh, some players do with lead tape application. Can lead tape ever be placed on a shaft to change the performance of a club? And can it be placed on a shaft? Well, I know yes. it can. I know it sticks. <laughs> it definitely sticks, but... You know, is it ever helpful? Uh, and some people will actually counterbalance their club. So you'll see sometimes players that play something that's very long where swing weight, for example, gets just too much for them to handle and it feels like they're swinging a sledgehammer. You'll actually have players that will wrap lead tape underneath the handle of the club or underneath the grip of the club just to pull a little bit more weight out of the head so it gets to be more manageable than what would it feel like swinging a, a 20 pound sledge? So can it be done? Yes. Is it common practice? Not necessarily, but I mean, you can move weight around a golf club. I mean, there's some people that like the feel of a standard size grip and they play an inch over and there's only a couple ways that you can pull that head weight out. And that's, you know, you can add weight plugs underneath the grip or the, uh, the poor man's fix is, uh, is wrapping lead tape and, then putting your double-sided tape over the lead tape and calling it a day. I like poor man's fixes. Makes it fun. Yeah, who, who doesn't? <laughs> well, I think that was uh, lead tape 101 with Chris McCormick right there. Thank you, Chris. Oh, absolutely.
you can you can have all kinds of fun with lead tape, but it'll it'll get you in trouble if you don't know what you're doing with it. Exactly. That that was me when I was a kid. I just liked the fact that lead tape existed and I could put it on golf clubs and I totally like put it everywhere. It was it was not good. The first time <laughs> but, I saw like sure a tour cool. player use yeah, the first time I saw a tour player use lead tape, I was like, I'm sticking this stuff everywhere. Like I gotta pick this stuff up now. Let's go to Golfsmith. Absolutely. Usually, usually a pretty good uh, rule of thumb that you you don't want to play cash games or uh, or wager with people that have a lot of lead tape strategically placed all over their equipment. Yeah, exactly. Sure. My rule was never yeah. bet against a guy who has a like an eighty eight oh two style putter either. Like you don't know what that thing's been through. <laughs> There's been a lot of birdie putts made with that. Now iron covers. Iron covers just the opposite. Somebody rolls up to the old cash game with iron covers. On hole one. <laughs> Unless you're Aaron Ray. Yeah. Uh, there's that. That was a cool there's story, by the exceptions. way. The, the, I, I, I don't think I realized. I mean, a lot of people give him grief, but the fact that he, when he was growing up, his, his dad spent, you know, basically a king's ransom to, to get him a set of, to get him a set of blades and then he had the the iron covers for him just to keep keep him in like pristine condition. I think it's I think it's cool. You know, that's I that kind of goes His explanation to... shut up a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You> for <know? laughs> sure. And I, I think a lot of people out there, you know, I mean golf clubs these days are are not cheap if you're buying new. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're spending that kind of money, I mean unless unless you just have like an endless supply of cash to spend on golf equipment, you know, you're probably trying to be pretty careful about the gear you're getting because you're going to have it around for a while. So now I, I definitely have, and not, not to say that I was like bagging on him, but it was just, you know, we all have these preconceived notions about guys with, with iron covers and, uh, and like auto press on the first hole and all that. But yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, I think if you were to do a little digging there, there's a lot more to some of the stories about why some guys carry a, uh, a set of clubs with iron covers and just simply they, they just don't know any better. I There's just always like exceptions. Covers. I don't like iron covers because I like the scratches and dents on a club, but I did pick up Aaron Ray's uh, P7TWs, and they look pristine. Woo, they look clean. Well, yeah, you yeah. get no bag chatter on them whatsoever, but I'm like you, Tursky. I like, I like the battle scars. Yeah. Yeah, like Tiger's putter. There's all yes. sorts of wear marks and dents and holes in it, and it's great. Always got to get Tiger's putter in there somewhere. We do have photos um, of Aaron Ray's head covers and irons over on at fully equipped golf on Instagram. There it yes, is. We do plug. There's 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 the turn. There it is. We made it through uh, like half the episode without a Instagram plug in there. Probably probably more than half the episode. Pretty impressive. Uh, whoa oh oh yeah. Did you guys see the new Scotty? Is that Cameron? transition. I, I was I was just thinking about something. The, have you seen the new Scotty Cameron? <laughs> the uh, triple black? The Phantom X 9.5 triple black? Fire. Yeah, looks real nice. Now if we can just get them. So it's a, if you haven't seen it, we have, we have photos up on social. It is kind of a blend of the, the, X, the Phantom X 5.5 and the Phantom 11X, or the Phantom X 11, with this like murdered out, tour black finish um it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible i i think it's i think you know obviously there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna buy it although i i'm and not surprisingly 
There's a lot of chatter about the price. How much are they? Are they crazy expensive? Seven fifty. Oh. Mm. I mean, triple black though. I know. And it's and it's. I mean, it's not like this is like you know a retail. So it's, people were complaining. I'm like, it's a limited release. What do you expect? It's, Can't complain about I mean, limited. You can complain no. about stock if you want, but limited. Yeah. It's like. You know, it's not for everyone. It's for the guys who are going to pay the seven fifty, and they're like, "All right, I mean, I don't care." Limited is limited, is what it is. The only, the only like part of this putter that is not like black or or silver are those three uh, milled sight thoughts. They're like a translucent red that pop against when when you set it down at a dress. I mean, it 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 looks really freaking good. Scotty did an awesome job on it. I you know again. Scotty's putters aren't cheap, but do they I make it in lefty? Just, you know, the real question. I, Doubt I it. I, <laughs> no, no, probably not. No, nope. sorry, bud. I know. What you, no what lefty. You, what, what are you? What are you going to do? I mean, do yeah, I? No do I ever? Free. Do I ever expect any any goods to be made in in lefty? No. It's always it's always going to be for the right-handed guys. It's not fun. You did get a pretty cool putter cover though recently. I did. I, I did. It's uh, I got one. No of, wonder. Uh, no wonder why he's so excited about Team USA. He's like basically right? a member of the team with his head cover. And he's got a members only jacket and everything. He's ready to go. PR, the P- PRG um, did the. They're doing the the Team USA and and Team Europe the head covers for him. They're the official head cover for for the Ryder Cup. They sent me one. I love the I love the blue camo that it's got on the bottom. It's got a little bit of like that canvas feel to it, so you know it's not gonna like totally wear out if it was if it was just like a leather. Plus, it has the American flag on the back, and then it's got show my Chris name. the other side. He's got the name tag on here. It's wild. Man. They sent they sent one with my name tag. I guess I'm I guess I'm important enough to where I get a I get a Team USA Ryder Cup head cover with my with my name on it. So it's pretty supposedly cool. supposedly, supposedly important enough. I know whatever uh <laughs> Tursky, this is like the Tursky show but you did some testing here recently i thought we thought we'd uh try and figure out like where does the new super hybrid kind of fit if you're a fairway wood guy could you use the the new super hybrid as a fairway wood replacement i don't need you to go into full details because we're gonna have a story up but but what did you learn from testing yeah, so I'm not a fairway wood guy. I'm also not a hybrid guy, more of a long iron type guy. So this was an interesting test for me to do. I hit the new super hybrid. I hit it against the first gen super hybrid. So with super hybrid was with gen one and Callaway Epic super hybrid. So that's kind of the the designation is they added the the Epic in there. Just wanted to. Two, two completely different clubs, in my opinion. Chris, I know you you have both in uh your stock at true spec right what did we do i felt that uh gen one was so much higher launching whereas the super hybrid uh gen two was a lot more penetrating something more that i would thinking of you as like a t replacement not necessarily something into the green although i did find it very forgiving compared to my three iron but between gen one gen two what have you been seeing I, that Gen 1 was 
almost had the footprint of a uh, of a smaller headed fairway wood. It was uh, it was pretty aggressive on how it looked, but definitely from testing that we've done and what we've seen kind of in those fitting bays, that Gen One Super Hybrid, like you saw, a little higher launching, a little bit more spin, and uh, definitely filled that gap for the guy that didn't necessarily want to play a higher lofted fairway wood, uh, but still needed something that would hit it high and spin it a little bit for him. And this new one is, uh, is yeah, I mean, you saw it when you were testing it. It's lower launch, lower spin, <clears throat> apex height, landing angle, shallow out a little bit. So definitely a little bit more distance oriented than, uh, than kind of iron replacement. If I would, uh, if I would classify those two. So, it, I mean, it fills the niche for somebody. Otherwise, they wouldn't release it. So, I mean, we'll we'll have players that come in. We'll do some testing, and if you're a high launch, high spin player, but don't necessarily like the idea of carrying extra fairway woods, this is a good option. So, in terms of ease of use, I found it incredibly easy to hit. Compared to a three iron, it's like not even on the same planet. I can carry no. it far. I can hit it straight like if i if i tow it a little bit on my three iron maybe i should be playing a little bit more forgiving of a three iron but you know i'm losing 15 yards if i tow it a little bit on the super hybrid i might not lose anything i might still hit the green compared to a seven wood the dispersion of a seven wood did not go uh great for me in this in this specific <laughs> i think i think i think this may this may uh be reason enough to to use one of these epic super hybrids, I, I think I don't. I definitely, don't think you need a, I don't think you need a seven wood. Let's just let's yeah, just put it definitely that more forgiving than a seven wood. Um, and then what else did I hit? Oh, I also hit a four iron, and obviously way longer than a four iron. Um, I was doing all twenty one degree lofts here, so it was pretty apples to apples. And then I hit a regular um, hybrid, which felt way less forgiving. Like I felt like you know if I towed or healed it the ball was definitely going offline. Whereas the super hybrid, it was kind of just staying straight. It was coming out of the same window on every shot. So I don't know. I mean, I've been mentally considering getting real dialed into the shaft and throw it in the bag instead of a three iron. Well, well that, that new that. face design. That it they, felt so easy to hit. There's definitely a lot of tech built into those heads. I mean, the new face design that they transitioned to is – kind of like you saw just super super stable like even if i'm laying up on a tee i'd feel more comfortable teeing up with like a super hybrid on the first hole versus a three iron that's how i feel right now and i'm not a hybrid guy and i'm not trying to sell anyone in this club i'm just saying that's how i felt testing the club i couldn't tell you the last time i hit a three iron it's been years after doing this test i don't know if i should ever hit a three iron again either it was really eye-opening hitting, you know, a seven-wooded, all sorts of hybrids against a three-iron. It's like, what am I doing? Like, who, do, who do I think I am? My Brooks Kepka? No, not a ball. Not the ball striker. I used to realization. I came to that. I came to that several years ago, where I'm just like, it hurts. Me too. Not not the same guy. Give me give me something a bit more forgiving, and and make the game more fun. So when I'm miss hitting it, it's still I still got a chance to to catch a piece of the green. So I, I get it. It's uh, at least at least you're coming to that realization now. You're not gonna you're not gonna try and fight it because we all know uh, Father Time is undefeated. 
I think it was the last the last couple of years was my transition stage of me trying to fight it. Now it's just acceptance. I'm here. Tursky, now. you should I've you arrived. should get ahead of the curve. Get ahead of the curve and go Alice Cooper golf and just get a bag full of head covers and wedge woods and call it a day. <laughs> and eight iron is longest iron you have in your bag. I will sure out wedges. What I need to do is try like a higher lofted super hybrid against the eleven wood. And then we'll really get down to oh my to what's working. <laughs> oh, so what? what? Here's uh, a here's a fun test. No, I just I, I love would... that that you're through. You're bringing the eleven wood up. I didn't even have to bring up high lofted fairways. You're you're already doing it for me. I Do they would... make fifteen woods? Just curious. Just asking I'm for sure. a friend. I'm sure they do. You could probably find them on on Alex a golf probably channel has six of during, them. Uh, during like the hours of one to three a.m. I'm sure you can find a fifteen wood. Because right now Get I got a rat in the bag. It's a three iron, or it's all mine. Three iron, really. Right he's got a rat in the bag. I like it. He's, he's rat in the bag. Some, some criticisms. So Chris-isms. what about what about this test, Tursky, to yeah. actually put together a set to your specs of some of the most game improvement clubs that you can find? And play around that with that set compared to your gamer set. See how the score comes out. How would how would we set it up? Would I just play like two balls at once? I'll have like yeah. my gamer set and then a game improvement set, and we'll do like nine holes. I'm talking like super game improvement set. Yeah, no, I like. It. I, we're we're talking shovels. <laughs> I like it, but but then what happens if I score lower with the super game improvement stuff? There's no possible I, I, way that he's ever using them again. He'll he'll shoot like 67 and be like, ah, oh, man. He's like, he'll be like DJ, where like DJ's like, you know, the mallet putter's better for me, but. I'm sticking with that really, blade. I really like the blade. Yeah, I'm going to really game like that blade. blade. Yeah, yeah. That's going to put me in a really difficult position. Now we have to have it. Now we have to have it happen. I, I think it has to happen. I Super think it has to happen. Tursky. Maybe. Sure out wedge, sure out. Uh, you already have a sure out wedge, wedge in the bag, so you can't, you can't, uh, you can't act like you don't have one. Although it's lefty, I it is lefty like though. You have, yeah. Anyway, one of these days we're gonna just do a what's in the bag with with Tursky stuff, like his I current showed, bag setup. There's like twenty segment right there. I showed up to true spec with like 34, <laughs> 34 clubs. You can ask Alex over there at uh, true spec. I put the bag down, the legs just collapsed. <laughs> my bag just fell immediately. <laughs> it's a mess right now. Oh mess. man! Well, at least at least we know the as we figured. Callaway's Epic Super Hybrid, great option if you're if you're looking for whether it's a long iron replacement, fairway replacement. It's gonna it's gonna do the job. Numbers numbers show out. We'll get a we'll get a larger story up on uh, Tursky's testing on the website, but. Um, Speaking of, of that wedge, or not wedge, my, my brain is fried. Speaking of that hybrid, we have Dave Neville from Callaway on this week to talk a little bit. Epic Super Hybrid, also went through Jaws Full Toe and, and a bunch of other topics. Dave is one of my favorite guys. We probably could have spent, kind of similar to the Scott Williams interview, we could have spent a lot of time talking about college football. Oh. Uh, we did not. We did not. I, I I could not talk about my Aggies after after what happened against the Colorado Buffaloes. It's a little too close for comfort. So instead, we talk Callaway gear. Dave's got great insights. Enjoy the interview. Before we get to our interview with Dave Neville, we want to remind you this episode is brought to you by GlobalGolf.com. 
your online destination for the best selection of new and pre-owned clubs, tech, apparel, bags, shoes, and more. Their industry-leading try, trade, and buy program will help you play your best for less. Test equipment, range finders, and GPS units for up to two weeks with Global Golf's You Try program. Take advantage of their proprietary trade-in and get top dollar for your equipment. Higher trade-in values means more cash to upgrade. Plus, save 10% on qualifying products with promo code GOLF10. That's G-O-L-F-T-E-N. Try trade and buy only at globalgolf.com. Promo code GOLF10. All right, let's get to that interview with David. All right, so when I want to talk Callaway Golf, I usually reach out to Jacob Davidson. But he's not here, so I got the next best guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Senior Director for Product and Brand Management at Callaway Golf, Dave Neville. Dave's a good bud. What's up, man? How are you? I'm okay to be the next best guy. That's cool. That's I'm fine, just man. kidding you. I love I love talking to you. I was talking to Jeff Newton at Callaway Golf. He heads up the communications over there. And we were, jo- we were joking uh, how much of our time during this chat would be spent going through college football. <laughs> well... <laughs> We're, we're, we could we could spend we could spend a good chunk we, of time. We could talk a little Aggies. We could talk a little Aggies. No, we we are not going to talk about the Aggies. I I do not want to talk about what happened last week. And even though they won, uh, that was a uh, it's not what I was hoping for, but it definitely fits with with A and M football. You get your hopes up, and then they get crushed when your quarterback gets injured in the second game of the season. So <laughs> hey, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. But we will be talking about Callaway products couple of them that I want to bring up as well as a, as a golf ball that's doing some big things out there. But first things first, you know, I think when people see these fall product releases, they, they probably wonder, you know, what's the benefit of releasing product? I mean, you've got new stuff coming out for 22. It's, it's pretty close to that time of the year. What what's the benefit if you were to have a golfer that was that was going to ask you that why why have these fall product cycles? Yeah, we actually love the fall product cycle because a lot of times we're able to introduce some really differentiated products. So you you see from our line whether it be Maverick or Apex and, and Epic this past year are kind of our core products coming out. But then when we look at other product lines, whether that be wedges or the super hybrid, we're going to talk about it allows us to to really give some attention to some unique products. So last year we had the big Bertha driver, kind of that anti-slice, slice killer type of, of offering. Now we got the Jaws full toe and the Epic uh, Super Hybrid. And it gets a little buzz out there. It gets people talking about golf. And obviously there's been so much excitement about golf and so much interest in golf this year. So we're kind of feeding the beast here in the fall product launches. Do you feel like it's an opportunity for for you all to sort of take some chances? I mean, it, it some of these products that that we're going to talk about are a little bit different than the status quo. I mean, yeah. super hybrid is not your standard hybrid. Jaws full toe is is not your your standard wedge. Yeah. I mean, it, it does sort of feel like that that maybe if there is that opportunity during the season, maybe that fall product cycle. Am, am I kind of onto something? Yeah. Like? No, that's totally that's totally true. Um, so it allows us to do things a little bit differently. Like we'll talk about the super hybrid. There really isn't an all titanium hybrid out there in the market. It's priced higher. It's different. It has kind of the DNA of a, a driver. Really unique product. And then the Jaws Full Toe is one we've been working on a, a long time, and it's different than our core Jaws MD5 line. So you're exactly right. It does allow us to do things a little bit different, um, to really give some focus on maybe some smaller product lines that 
that wouldn't get the same attention as say the, the Chrome soft golf ball or the Epic driver that will launch in kind of a January, February timeframe. Yeah. So let's talk Epic super hybrid. So you released the super hybrid. There we go. Yeah. We're going to get a chance to take a peek at it. If you're watching, or watching go. the video of this, there we go. Little Epic super hybrid right there. So this, this was a club that I think even caught me a little bit by surprise you know, it, it is as kind of the tagline reads, it's, it's a hybrid with, with driver DNA. I mean, it, it's, it's not, again, you're not your standard hybrid. And I think the first thing that, that golfers, when they see it is okay, it's fast, but, but is it for me? Who, who are you kind of gearing this new Epic super hybrid for? Yeah. So just to take a step back, cause you mentioned the original super hybrid, that was one when you were saying taking a chance and doing something different, it was something we've never created before. For sure. And it actually exceeded our forecast. We didn't have a big forecast for it because we thought it was kind of a niche product. But I think when people saw it and the performance of it, it did extremely well. We continued to sell those, continued to reorder those. And we said we really wanted to take that to the next level. Let's bring it as part of the Epic family. And that's what we've done with the, the Super Hybrid. And we say driver DNA. I mean, it really does have driver DNA in the fact that it has a titanium body, titanium face, that you, you don't see that anywhere else in the Callaway lineup or really anywhere else in the in the market. It's got jailbreak. It's got the tungsten weighting. It's got trikes, a carbon crown. It's got adjustability. I mean, it literally has every single piece of technology that we could cram into a hybrid. And in terms of who it's going to be before, there is a lot of players. We do these surveys all the time. And the one club that they're most afraid of hitting is the three wood. Trying to hit the three wood off the deck, that's the, the toughest one. Even for tour players, you, you, you hear that uh, a lot. So we wanted to make a, a hybrid that would have really all the power of a, of a fairway wood, but then the versatility of a hybrid. It'd be a little bit shorter in length. It would be easier to hit. It'd be more playable out of the rough and really give people that option. If they want to pull that three wood out of the bag or a five wood out of the bag, now they've got a hybrid that allows them to do it really without giving up any distance. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I love about this golf club and I'm, I'm going to just talk about my own personal experiences. I've talked about this a million times on the podcast. I cannot hit fairway woods. I've never been a fairway wood guy. I've always been a utility iron guy, but this golf club really intrigues me for one reason, because, uh, you know, I've had people ask me, well, who's this club for? And I would say it's almost for that guy who can't hit a fairway wood because you still get that compact shape. It's still in a hybrid profile, but again, you're, you're getting all of that additional technology that you just, don't get in a in a standard fairway and I, I think it's a viable option as a fairway wood replacement yeah i mean we've tested it against our our five wood and the super hybrid is longer than our epic five wood which is a really really long club and then when you get to we have a two hybrid and a three hybrid they're going right up against the three wood in terms of distance but then you have the look of a hybrid a little bit more compact and just the length, I mean, that's one thing that gets a lot of people with a three wood. It's a long club to be hitting off of the deck. And that's the reason why a lot of folks struggle with it. It doesn't have a, a lot of loft. So now you give this thing kind of that power of the, the driver having this all titanium um, body and titanium face insert. You kind of have the best of, of both worlds. And it is an expensive product, but people pay for performance. If, if it's something that works for them, we see it in the fittings all the time. Um, and so we, we've just jammed this thing full of the most technology possible. You know, I saw that there's new lofts available mm -hmm. this year. 
what what was kind of the reasoning behind kind of expanding the line? I mean, because the first time that I saw the super hybrid, I thought, okay, perfect, strong lofted, perfect for a better player. But I know that you're trying to kind of open up the handicap range a little bit with these additional lofts. Yeah, we are. So we kind of talked about the first piece of it, which is replacing some of your fairway woods. But there's also a lot of people who struggle to hit long iron. So after the three wood, probably the three iron or four iron are the ones that people struggle the most to hit. So now with the loft range, we're actually at the 24 and 27 uh, on the upper end, and we have adjustability. So you could take that all the way up to the 29 degree uh, hybrid. So it really becomes a long iron replacement where you could take a three or four or five uh, iron out of the bag and give you something that's going to be easier to hit. And it's going to give you more power as well. And the other thing that's worth mentioning is we have different shapes for the, the, the different loss. So the, the 16 and 18 are really similar and they're more of a kind of a, a, a flat profile, more of that fairway wood like shape. But then as you get into the 24 and 27, it's more of an iron like re replacement, a little bit more squared off there and definitely a different shape than Callaway's ever had. I, I think they're great looking uh, hybrids, but we have kind of those two niches, either the fairway wood replacement or the long iron replacement. And that's kind of why we decided to add to the line. Do you have one of these in the bag? I have two of them in the bag uh, because I'm, I'm like you that I struggle with the three wood, especially off the deck. So I had gone to the four wood and then I was like, what if I could hit this epic super hybrid, the three farther than my my four wood? And they're, you know, they're really, really equivalent. Um, and those lower lofted ones are kind of more for the better player in that they don't have a lot of left in them, which some players, um, better players struggle with on hybrids where they have too much draw to them. So these are a little bit more neutral CG, especially in the in the two and the three. And then I threw in the, the five hybrid, the 24 degree um, as well. And so that kind of takes my four iron uh, out of play. So I've got nice yardage gappings and uh, they're they're just absolute cannons there's no other way to put it they're just absolute cannons so we talk about the average golfer but what about i'm sure a lot of people out there want to know tour pro usage do you guys anticipate any tour pros throwing these in the bag throughout the season it's going to be interesting because we uh we've just started putting them out there and we actually didn't allocate anything really for the at least the pga tour van but then when they they saw them and then there was a little testing by some of our kind of tour van guys these pieces are like we we need to bring some of these out out on the the truck so i have a couple yeah the uh the fall series will be really interesting because it is a time when players will try new things and they'll put stuff into the bag we've had great success with our utility irons uh with the x-forge ut out there has done really well and then the right. apex pro uh hybrid has been our best uh hybrid out there on on tour so uh we've got some great models really out there for the better player it would have to be one where because these are hot you know and for a lot of tour players they actually don't love stuff that that is as hot as as these so, super yeah. hybrids. It's almost it's they, almost too hot. I would it's say. almost too hot for them. Um, and so that's like with the with the Apex Pro hybrid, it's a little bit tuned down, really, kind of for that that better player, someone who has a lot of speed already. So this would definitely they'd have to pull like a fairway wood uh, out because of how hot these super hybrids uh, are. But uh, my guy, Tyler, who works for me, who's a plus one handicap and has tons of ball speeds been hitting this uh, epic super hybrid averaging about two ninety off the tee with the, with the super hybrid. So absolutely uh, incredible. Yeah. I have to say 
of of the products that you all have, have come out with, it, it you're certainly making some waves with with the hybrids. You you might have another one you might be making waves with. I'm ah. not gonna I'm not gonna push I'm not gonna push you too much to talk about it. But uh, if you go and go and check out uh, the fully equipped social media feeds, you might you might catch. You're some the man who always likes to break everything. Unreleased. So. Yeah, just, you might just, you might catch some photos of an unreleased uh, utility wood out just there. Just follow Jay Wall out there, and you, <laughs> you get all the scoops, and then. Uh, you know, we may or may not have, have something for you for a few podcast. You can either confirm nor deny. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the way that it works. When you see a product like the Epic Super Hybrid, I know that you're used to, to kind of seeing the most craziest out there designs very early on in the process. But what was what was kind of your feeling when you first heard about the Super Hybrid? Was it, was it like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Or was it like, man, this is a little bit like out there even for me? The original, original one from two years ago, I was like, man, this is, this is niche. This is because it's expensive. It's titanium. We already have the number one hybrids in golf. Like what are we going to do with this? And then when it kept out selling the forecast, I was like, okay, there's something to it. So with Epic Super Hybrid, when they kind of first, the R&D guys laid it out for me and said, this is what we want to do. We're going to have 90 grams of tungsten, split tungsten weighting, all titanium body, tricycarbon crown. We're going to put the velocity <laughs> blades in there it's going to have adjustability it's going to have a screw weight you know it's going to have everything in there i'm like yeah this is this is going to work people are gonna people are gonna like this and we we knew it was gonna have to be expensive just i mean frankly the thing is more expensive to make than than a driver you know it because it has more tungsten than really having in in a driver um but you know the, the people see the pricing on a hybrid and there's just certain parameters that they that they think in their mind so we're we're pushing the boundaries there, but it's off to a great start. I mean, our pre-sale has been incredible and we just had it uh, in the stores uh, this past week and it's been very successful. It's off to uh, a great start. So I think whenever we have a product that we like to call DSPD or demonstrably superior and pleasingly different, which comes from Mr. Callaway, uh, people will buy it. It stands out in the, in the fitting bay and it's something unique. Yeah. Speaking of something unique. I, I actually, this is perfect timing for today's chat because I just, <laughs> I just did some Jaws full toe testing. Okay. What did we see? And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tease this a little bit where I was doing our, we do a feature called proving ground where yeah. we take out the latest products and kind of put them through their paces. But I, I want to see like, does the club do one, what it says it's supposed to do mm-hmm. and does it, does it execute a certain shot? And that's kind of what, what I was trying to do with this. And I will tell you this, and this is not just because you're on the podcast. I have, I have found my mega flop again. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so excited, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I had, I've really kind of gone away from trying out the like super flop and I don't hit it that often anymore, but there are mm-hmm. times, you know, when you're short sighted and you really are like, what the heck the lie's good. Let's just try it. And I just could not find a wedge and I've tried a lot of wedges. This is the first one where I threw it down. I, I posted a picture up on social media. First ball, mega flop. And you can see the grass just jammed into the grooves because <laughs> it just like literally took gro- just grass and golf ball. It was a beautiful thing. Um, but it, it it's one of those clubs, you know, the first time I saw Jaws Folto, I thought it's PM grind. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a very similar profile, and I think a lot of golfers when they so, see the full toe because it has that extended that raised toe with the grooves all the way throughout, they might see, say the same thing. What 
What are you guys kind of telling people who are saying, well, I've already got a PM grind. Why should I try the full toe? What are the benefits of, of this wedge compared to, to the one that you already have out there? Yeah. So a lot of differences between the PM grind, but it definitely has some of the DNA of the PM grind, which originally came from Roger's work with, with Phil. But what we found with the PM over time is the amount of offset that we, that it had and the, the shape of it for a lot of players, they could use it as a specialty wedge, but not necessarily for the full shot. So we really wanted to take something that blended the best of Jaws MD5, which has been the most successful wedge that we've ever had in Callaway history and blend that with the PM grind. And that's really where the Jaws full toe comes from. And that's really why it's called Jaws and it's not called the next PM grind or PM 21. It's because it really has the DNA of Jaws, but a lot of things from, from the PM, like what you said, with the ability to open it up and hit all of those, uh, those flops. So when you look at this and you set it down, it looks a little bit more like a traditional wedge. Now it does have the grooves across the face, but it doesn't have a crazy amount of, of offset. The toe peak, I think is, is really nice. The, the rounded leading edge, uh, as well, a little bit straighter than where we were, uh, before. So we wanted to make something that would work on full shots as well as, uh, around the greens, but, of course, it all it all starts with the jaws groove and spin. We call this thing a spin machine. So it has all the best technologies that jaws is really the most aggressive groove that is out there. 37 degree wall angle, the offset groove and groove. But now we have a raw face, which is the first time that we've uh, ever d- done that. I'm, I'm holding it up to kind of show this raw face with the, the maximum spin. So the back of the wedge is, is all chrome. And that's one thing that we got feedback from a lot of players is they, they like the additional kind of uh, feel and, and, and spin coming from the raw face, but they didn't want their wedge to be completely raw and rusted. So chrome the whole wedge, but then the face is raw. And a lot of people say, oh, you're getting more spin when it rusts over time. We really haven't found that. What it is is that you don't have the chrome plating over the edge of the groove. So it gives you the kind of the maximum sharpness on the groove. And out on tour, about 90% of of the golfers on tour are playing raw wedges. And that's not because they, the, the, the rust factor, it's really because they're not chrome. So it gives you just that little extra amount of, uh, of sharpness there. So it, it starts with the spin machine, but there's a few other things, but I'll stop because I've been just on a roll in case you want to throw something you are, else in there. I'm, yeah. And I'm fine with you being on a roll. One, one of the things that I have to say that I've come to appreciate about, about wedge designs is kind of being able to place that weight where you want it, but yeah. doing it in a way where you can conceal it. Because that's, you know this, it's tough to do because you don't have a very large space to do it. Um, but you were able to do it with this wedge. You, you have that thicker toe section there. Mm-hmm. You, there you go, you point to it. Mm-hmm. Now now that isn't just there for show, that that whole design. You're able to, to add that additional weight up in the toe section. That's going to help give you a more controlled trajectory. Now I'm sure golfers are probably wondering, well, why, why do I need that? Yeah. So there's two pieces of it. So we do have the jaws toe pad, which I'm holding up. You can see there. So that gives you extra mass and moves that CG away from the hosel and up towards the toe. And then in the weight ports, we actually have variable weight 
uh, of the weight ports. If you look at the medallions here, you can see how, how deep the one is in the heel. So we took the most weight out of the heel. We moved that towards the toe. So why would you want that? Why would you want a little bit higher CG? Well, first of all, the hosel of a wedge is very heavy. It's very tall. It has a lot of weight to it. So wedges tend to have a CG that's more towards uh, the heel. And as most people know, you know, hitting wedge shots or any shots off the hosel, off the heel, not a, not a great idea. So you're moving the CG away from the hosel. And then when you move it up, you help to control the trajectory. So the one thing we hear all the time about wedges is you don't want your wedges to balloon. You want to be able to control them and hit them the distances that you want. So you move that CG up to where it's actually kind of even with the ball or even a little bit above that brings the trajectory down and actually gives you more spin. So it's all kind of part of this idea of how do you create a spin machine? Well, you do it with the grooves, but you also do it with the CG with these weight ports and the jaws toe pad. Talk a little bit about those grooves because there, there is a lot going on. It's not just, it's not just the grooves, but it's this groove and groove that you yeah. all have going on. That's able to generate some ridiculous spin. So we talked about the main groove, which is our, our jaws groove, that 37 degree wall angle, super sharp. And the reason why you want that sharp is the ball, as it rolls up the face, the cover grabs the edge of those grooves and that's what helps control it and imparts that spin. So you always talk about, you know, wanting to have a, a really premium golf ball. People say, how do you spin your wedge shots? We'll have a premium golf ball, have a, a wedge with very sharp uh, grooves. That's two pieces of it. As you get closer to the green, you're hitting more partial shots. So we're talking about 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. And that's where those micro grooves come in between each of the main grooves. And it's an offset groove and groove, which means those are actually angled because we found that most players are, are opening their wedges and an average of 15 to 20 degrees as they get closer to the green. Now, when you open the face of the wedge, now those micro grooves are straight. And that really helps with the spin as you get closer to the green. If you're hitting a full shot, say a 9,500 yard shot with these wedges, the, the offset groove and groove isn't really coming into play. It's really around the greens and these partial shots where that surface roughness becomes really, really important. And then the, the third piece here is having that raw face. And so you got nothing that really keeps you away from getting at the edge of those grooves. So we always encourage people to make sure if, you're, if your wedges are, are old, you know, you're, you're testing them out on the launch monitor and replacing them, but keep the grooves clean and keep them, you know, free of dirt. And that really gives the ability for the ball to grab the edge of those grooves. And we're seeing wedge grooves. You know, I think back to to when the USGA was was trying to come up with a way, yeah, to to sort of cap spin out on tour. You know, they tra they changed the the groove type, and they think, man, we got it. And now I think about all the spin that I mean, I'm sure the manufacturers are like, okay, okay, bro, like, cool. I mean, it, you're going to come up with a different design and, and new ways to spin. But one of the things that I always wonder is, how do you kind of manage that line between generating enough spin, but not to the point where you're shearing the cover of the golf mm -hmm. ball, because that's one of the things that impresses me the most is, is how I'm able to see lots of spin, but you go back to, I'm thinking like the blotta ball days yeah. where you knew you literally threw, you, tear you the put, cover you put a new, yeah. you put a new pellet down, you knew you were hitting a wedge shot and you hit it clean and you knew you were coming up and your ball was going to have a giant, look like a scuff mark, like it hit the car yeah. path. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is, how do you kind of balance that with like generating enough spin, but also to the point where it's not having a negative effect on 
the the cover of the ball yeah well one of the things is the covers of the ball are much more durable they're better way better than they were with the balada ball so that that's a huge improvement but i mean i i could go off on the on the groove rule for for hours and we we, we won't do that but <laughs> we we could when when the usga changed that um they I think they were concerned about players who were doing the bomb and gouge and they were spinning balls off the green. And you saw that all the time, but with the change of the groove rule, we, we actually have gotten more consistent spin uh, over time. We've got just about all of that spin back, but it's, it's a more consistent spin. So if you watch a, 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 a tournament, a PGA tournament these days, you don't see that many players sucking balls off of the green. They, they're able to control the trajectory. You see a lot of two hop stoppers, but back in the day with the ballada ball and the really aggressive grooves, I mean, people would be, they'd spin them from the back of the green all the way to the front. You don't see that as much. It's a much more consistent uh, spin. So it really hasn't affected the scoring. The idea was to, to affect the scoring of the best players in the world. And the manufacturer Manufacturers adapted and the players adapted and uh, they're playing as, as well as they ever have. Yeah. This, this wedge actually it, in its short time out there already getting some tour usage from, from one guy in particular. Yeah, we had a we had a really strong tour launch uh, at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in in Detroit. We had eight of them in play the, the first week, so that was impressive. And guys like Siwoo Kim, Tom Lewis, and and those folks, you know, it wasn't a major like superstar studded uh, event out there, but very good uh, conversion. And a, a lot of what players like Alex Noren were saying is they liked the shape. It was when they put it down, it was a a lot very very playable, and then they loved the spin. And then, um, of course, uh, Mr. Rom put it into play in the first playoff event. He actually chipped in for Eagle um, with the very first shot that, that he hit with a just full toe, which was uh, absolutely incredible. And he played so well um, through, the, through the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool when you get that kind of uh, validation. And now the players have some time, maybe in the fall season or some of the the off season, it'll be interesting to see as we come back to January, how many players have the, the full toe in play. How impressed are you with, with the year that John Rahm had, you know, <laughs> we, we, we being like those of us in the gear industry, whenever we hear about a big name changing equipment mm -hmm. and making wholesale changes, the alarm bells start mm -hmm. going off because the first thing you're going, I remember back to when Rory switched from Titleist to Nike and he talked about this like major transition period where he had to get adjusted to the new ball and you know the clubs are a little bit easier but the ball was a big one how impressed are you with the fact that he literally didn't skip a beat and and had i mean had an incredible season wins a major and he does it all with with brand new gear in the bag i i have to tell you i'm i'm incredibly impressed with the way that he played yeah i mean it is super impressive i think john said it best after the us open when people when they interviewed him and he said that there was a lot of doubters out there. A lot of people thought that he, he, he would regress. He couldn't get better. You know, he was doing it for the wrong reasons and all that, but we knew differently. There was a lot of work that went in behind the scenes and a huge credit out to our PGA tour team to, to Tim Reed, Jacob Davidson, and the whole crew to really get him into product that we're going to make him as successful as possible. I think it all started with the golf ball, as you mentioned, that's probably one of the hardest ones to switch. It is the one that you play on, on all of your, your shots. But once he got comfortable with that, which was 
you know, back in December of last year, then we were able to get the, the Epic driver and get that in play, get the irons. He loves the TCB irons. Obviously the wedges um, also had a, a great look with that. And we've made, a, I think maybe one or two tweaks with the putter and he's putted so well. So to win the U S open and, you know, just in the hunt for everything in the playoff event every week that he's out there, he's in the, in the top five. I think he, he got the player of the year, I believe, as well. Um, and so oh, can't uh, can't lay can't lay got oh, it. Oh, can't but, lay. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I forgot but about it's, that it's, guy it's, named Patrick. It's it's won the Fed it's debate it's, deba- <laughs> it's it's debatable based on the season that that Ram had. I, I think you, you could, could you could make debate a very between uh, FedEx Cup or, or winning the U.S. Open. I know which one I w- yeah. I would take. But, well, um, he also has he also has a win at Memorial. That yes. that I mean, he, the, the guy's up by six after fifty four holes. I mean, you can pretty much pencil him in for another PGA Tour win there but that's either here nor there he had an incredible season um want to save the best for last year and and also kind of ties into rom but but callaway's chrome soft golf ball you know y'all had a y'all had a pretty nice season uh out on tour yeah but but from a retail perspective i i was amazed i actually had to kind of do a double take when i saw it you're over 20 percent market share yeah, it's in the, golf ball. the highest in Callaway golf history. And we're, we're really, really proud about that. Um, it's kind of clicking on on all levels. You talked about on tour. We've had the most wins on tour with the Chrome Soft that, that we've we've ever had. So that's been incredible. We added that LS golf ball, that lower spinning golf ball, which has tons of speed. And a lot of players like like Ram are, are, are loving that. And then in the marketplace, you can see that it's really resonating, where it's, we call the red box ball, the Chrome Soft, or the Chrome Soft X, or the, the LS. To be over 20% share for the first time in our history is absolutely huge. And part of it comes down to the, the, the huge investment we've made in the Chicopee, Massachusetts golf ball plant. And we've, we've talked about it a lot, but that was original like $30 million investment, which has become a $75 million investment. Um, and my compatriot, Jason Finley, just got back from there last week. And he's like, you wouldn't even believe it from 18 months ago when we were there pre-COVID. Uh, he's like, the place is just humming. It is packed. The, these Truvis machines, the Truvis is doing incredibly well. We've now have 18 Truvis machines uh, in there. The place is running 24-7. We had the most employees we've ever had in there. It's a great boon for that town, which is right near Springfield, Massachusetts. So the Chrome Soft franchise is just absolutely on fire. I was going to say, it's got to have a, a huge positive impact on, on the local community. But I, I'm curious, how much do you attribute the success? I mean... Again, I'm, I'm I look at the tour side mm-hmm. a lot. How much do you attribute the success in in the increase in in that that golf ball market share to just the fact that you had some huge wins out on tour? You had Rom winning U.S. Open. You had Lefty winning the PGA. Annika gold, gold medal. Again. Yeah, you got yeah. Xander winning gold. I mean, that's yeah. that's a, that's a pretty nice year. Yeah, it's been an incredible year. And so that helps with the validation, I think, and the, and the visibility part to get two majors and then the gold medal and then four majors when you count the, the women's and the, the seniors uh, as well, which are important validation points uh, also. So that, that's been absolutely huge. I think we, it's starting to really resonate with, with better players. The Chrome Soft has always done well with kind of your mid-handicap golfers. The, the, the red box has, has been the number two golf ball, number three golf ball, you know, last se- several years. But now the Chrome Soft X and the LS 
really making that penetration with the better players and some of the best players in the world. Uh, I think that's really what helped take it to the next level. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a cool story to watch and to see somebody kind of get in there and, and shake things up in, in the golf ball side. Dave, always appreciate the time. It's good to be with you. Good time talking with you, Jay Wall. Thanks for having me on. And that'll do it for episode 109 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you're looking for more gear news, you can find us on social media. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. I think we're also at Fully Equipped on the Tiki Talkie. At Fully Equipped Golf on fully TikTok. Equipped golf on the TikTok. So check us out there. Thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. See you next week.